think many of us, maybe even most of us, are angry with God. But we're so passive-aggressive about our anger with God that sometimes we don't even realize that we're angry with God. And before you think I've gone off the deep end, hear me out. I think that many of us are angry with God almost in a permanent way because we're resentful towards Him about our weakness. Because at least a part of us holds on to the idea that if we believe in God, it should mean that our weakness should disappear. That if we pray and if we ask for God's grace in our life, then by that we should not have weakness. Whether that be in our physical health or whether that be in our spiritual health or mental health, part of us holds on to the belief that our faith in God should eliminate our weakness. And that same idea is what we see in the gospel today. That when Jesus goes back to his hometown in Nazareth, their first reaction to him is, wow, look at the wisdom. Look at the deeds of power that he does. But then it says they took offense at him. Why would they be amazed at his wisdom and his deeds of power which were supposed to show them that he was in fact the Son of God, but then they take offense at him. It's because he's weak. He's the son of a carpenter. He mixes with those who are outcast. He heals the sick. He doesn't show any exuberant works. He doesn't show any nobility in his character. He's weak. And so they reject him. Because that's not their idea of what a Messiah should look like. But when we look at the whole history of salvation through Scripture and in the church, this pattern repeats itself over and over again. Moses had a speech impediment. Jeremiah was too young. David, King David, was just a pretty boy with nothing really to offer. The apostles were uneducated men sent to preach the gospel to the educated Greeks. In the history of the church, the way we see saints who are outcasts and nothings in society rising up. When we think of those who have received the visions, the apparitions of Mary, often children, poor, uneducated children, receiving these gifts from God. The very fact that our church, that the leadership comes from broken men, and yet we're still here. God choosing weakness to carry the gospel forward is the pattern of what he does. Because not all weakness is meant to be overcome. Not all weakness in our life is meant to be overcome. There's a little prayer that I pray every morning from St. Therese of Lisieux. And I'm translating it from the French, so it might not be completely accurate. But it says, What pleases the good God in my little soul is that I love my littleness and my poverty and the infinite hope I have in His mercy. To love my littleness 
and my poverty. Because that's what we hear from St. Paul today in his letter to the Corinthians. He said, I've received many things, these revelations from God, this wisdom, this insight, this understanding that most people don't have. But because I've been given so much, God has given me a thorn in the flesh. We don't know what that thorn is for St. Paul, but some weakness that he's had to deal with. And he says, I went to the Lord three times. Take this away. I don't want it. What's God's answer to him? My grace is sufficient for you. For power is made perfect in weakness. And St. Paul says that I learned to love weakness for the sake of Christ. Because not all weakness is intended to be overcome. Why? Because in a relationship, for a relationship to grow, we have to willingly be weak. If you think of a close relationship, either between close friends or a husband and a wife, they have to willingly let go of what belongs to them. They have to willingly let go and make weak their dreams to form something new. And they have to be willing to let another person help them, to let go of that self-sufficiency, to be weak, to be dependent on someone else. And unless that happens, if one of the spouses is continually living in that relationship from a position of strength and a position of power, that what ends up happening is that everything has to go their way. That everything gets referred back to them. And the love can't grow. For a relationship to grow, weakness is necessary. Loving weakness. Loving that I'm dependent on another person for my well-being and my joy is necessary. This past week, I was out at Camp Encounter for their Counselor's Week. And this is the first time that I've been out there for camp. And I met a man there who's been going to the camp since the early 90s. And at camp, all of the staff get camp names. So I don't know any of their real names, I just know their camp names. If you want to know what my name was, you can ask me after Mass. But this guy's name was Sharkman. And Sharkman is a 62-year-old man who probably thinks at about the equivalent of a 10-year-old. And he's out there every summer. And as I watched him through the week, I became more and more amazed and humbled at who he was as a person. He was always around. At 62, he was there first thing in the morning until campfire ended at night. And I never once heard him complain, even in the rain, even with late meals. And I never once even heard him ask for anything. And he was always there, giving kids high fives for what they did, telling them, you're cool, man, telling them they did a good job, and telling stories of years past at camp. And the most moving moment for me with Sharkman was that 
every night at the end of campfire, we finished by singing the Our Father together. And so one of the staff would get their guitar and would play, and we would all sing the Our Father together. Well, on the last campfire of the week, when it was his time to come up and play, he took his guitar off, put it around the shoulders of Sharkman, and Sharkman started playing. He wasn't playing. He was just jamming on his guitar, but singing that Our Father from the bottom of his heart. And it was the most prayerful Our Father of the whole week. See, he, he loved his littleness because he doesn't have a choice. But from that, he is the spirit of that camp. He embodies everything that is great about that camp. Because not all weakness has to be overcome. Because in a relationship, weakness is the space that we make in our mind, in our heart, in our life for someone else to become a part of it. If we don't have weakness, how do we have any room for somebody else to be with us, to be near us? If I am strong and I'm always powerful, what need do I have of anybody else? We need weakness. We need to love our weakness because our weakness is the space that we make for God. If we never get to the point where we can love our weakness before God, then we will never be able to accept God into our life because we have no room for him. And too often when it comes to our weakness, we try to bury it. We try to move past it. We try to forget it. And we definitely don't bring it to God because that's not what God wants. God wants my good deeds. He wants my growth in virtue. He wants my holiness. He wants our weakness. Because he even tells St. Paul, power is made perfect in weakness. It is when I am weak that I am strong. Why? Because when I am weak, I have God. 